Welcome to In Bed with Lisa. I'm Lisa Welsh and I teach you how to have more fun in bed, even if you're super busy, feel totally embarrassed or have been faking orgasms for years. It's not rocket science and you are not broken. Keep listening to learn how. Could being vocal in bed improve your sex life? That is a question that I pose to Erin Kiner, a fabulous sexuality and spirituality coach and healer who lives in Bali. Welcome to episode 15. This is what we're going to be digging into. I want to remind you before we start that this is for educational purposes only and this is not designed as medical advice. So I wish you could have seen Erin as our video call began. She looked so serene, seated in front of this magnificent four-poster bed with all of that billowing white fabric. She looked peaceful with a playful smile on her face, framed by dusky pink hair. And even though I'm also an educator myself, as you know, I still sometimes find it tricky to speak up in the bedroom. So I was very keen to learn some new tricks from Erin. And you're going to see that she explained that vocal expression in the bedroom is so much more important than most of us realize. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to In Bed with Lisa. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a very beautiful lady who we have been talking for a while about having this conversation. I'm very excited that it's happening. Welcome, Erin Kiner. Thank you, Lisa. I'm also excited that we're finally here. (laughs) (laughs) And just for those of you who may not be able to see, Erin is sat in front of the most beautiful four-poster bed, and she looks very serene (laughs) over in Bali. Um, Yeah, thank you for joining me from all the way over there. God, it's a pleasure. I could talk about this all day, every day. So I'm grateful to have another yet another opportunity to share. Thank you so much. So for anybody who doesn't know Erin already, she is a sexuality and spirituality coach and healer. And today she's going to be talking to us about something very important, something that I'm still working on, and it is expressing yourself vocally in the bedroom. So Erin, please can you tell us, how important is vocal expression in sexuality? Oh, I think it is so much more important than what any of us realize. I think that many of us have grown up in an environment where shame has silenced us, where the sounds of sexual pleasure are not well received, Mm. whether that's neighbors banging on the door or kids in the house. (laughs) Like we've learned that we need to keep the sounds of our pleasure down. The other shame that's been imposed upon us means that we often don't even know how to put words to the things that we want. We don't feel empowered to say yes to the things we like. We don't know how to say no to the things we don't like. Mm. We might have a fantasy or a desire that's right there in our throat and we can feel it and there is no words that can come out of our mouth. Ah. It's impacted all of us. Women's sexuality has been so suppressed and suppressing us vocally is one of the the most powerful ways to keep us suppressed. Mm, mm. So the flip side of that is using our voice actually is one of the most powerful ways to lead us towards our empowerment as well. It allows us to negotiate really empowering sexual experience. It gets, it puts the power back in our hands to say, yes, I'd like to experience that today Mm. or no, I don't. Or something that we often experience just today might be a no. Mm-hmm. or it's something new and it's something that our partner wants to try or is asked for or something that we want to ask for. And by expressing these things and talking about these things and 
having a shame-free environment to discuss these things allows us to have really safe and empowering sexual experiences. Mm. It's also obviously very intricately tied into consent. So consent is something that we weren't raised with. Our early sexual experience is like, oh, I'll just try that on her body until she says stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was oh like, oh, I'll just put my hand down her pants at this party and see if she likes it or not. <gasps> no one ever told us that we could say no to that or that oh. we could have a conversation before it happened. May I touch you? Oh, my God, I really want to kiss you. Oh, my God, you're turning me on so much right now. You know, like that kind of stuff is never spoken about. Yeah, just fumbling Shame, in the dark. Silence. It's mm. Exactly. So when I help my clients through the vocal empowerment of our sexuality, one of the first things I teach them to do is to offer consent, to have empowering, empowering negotiations before we get into our sexual experiences, especially if that's someone new. But even in long-term partnerships, you might have been with that person for a long time mm -hmm. and been tolerating something that you don't really like yeah. for a long time. And it's really, really, really powerful to say, do you know what, sweetheart, when we finish and you fall asleep straight away and you don't <laughs> stay connected to me for a moment, I feel really, uh, or if, like, if you get up and go straight to the shower and you just leave me in the bed after you come, I feel really dropped. I feel abandoned yeah. in that moment. And I'd really love if we stayed and stayed connected. Could I get some aftercare? I love that. Changes everything. And that's it hard. Everything. You know, you say that it's especially in a long term partnership, like that can, that can be so difficult when you've tolerated something for years or maybe you've been faking mm -hmm. orgasms for years. How on mm -hmm. earth do you start by saying, actually, that doesn't do it for me? <laughs> yes. Communication. Like there's such a masterful way to communicate. But what does often happen in long-term relationships is people take things personally. Mm. If I was to share, hey, honey, I've been thinking, you know, something that might really be nice to me is I'd like to have a threesome. That could be taken very badly by someone who's not ready to receive that, who feels a lot of shame around their own or inadequacy around their own sexuality. What, aren't I good enough for you? What, do you need another man? What, are you a lesbian? You know, it can be so loaded, but... As we make headway and, and bring healthy communication into both our intimate and our sex life, mm -hmm. but one of my favorite, most transferable skills beyond the bedroom, because then you are also more empowered at work and as a parent and as a friend, mm -hmm. as we start to do that, then we create safe spaces to share. And we can say to our partner, especially if we think that our partner might be really triggered, honey, I want to share something with you. And I want you to know, like, this has got nothing to do, like, you're not inadequate in any way or like I don't want you to take this wrong because this isn't about you but I need to let you know that I've been having some dreams I wake up sometimes and I've been dreaming about a threesome and I find myself really aroused and yeah. that might be something that I'd like to explore with you mm -hmm. you know we can kind of make it our own personal experience so that the other person is less likely to take it as a personal yes. attack yeah but it's it's very empowering when we create a safe space for them to share as well. So we've got to look at ourselves and say, would I be triggered if my man wanted a threesome? Would I be triggered if my man wanted me to peg him? Would I feel inadequate as a woman? Or, you know, these are very, very common thoughts. I, I, I throw these out there quite trivially, but I don't mean it trivially, trivially, trivially at all. <laughs> 
because it's very commonplace we've all been disempowered in our sexuality like this and part of that pathway of walking to our empowerment includes triggers and having a look at this stuff and sometimes being in not so pleasant situations so those are the ability to communicate is really important but the other aspect of this is also being free to make the sounds of pleasure Mm -hmm. that's a big one so as a mother of three i have three teenage boys at home and Mm -hmm. so it's a, a very it's a very real concern that you don't want to be heard um, and, and what would that mean if they heard you? And, and this stems back from younger years, you know, self-pleasuring yeah. and trying to do it quietly yes. and secretly. And even in my marriage where, you know, I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I would sneak off to the bathroom, for example. Like there's so much around sex and keeping quiet that I would love for you to yes. share more on this. Yes, well, I completely relate as well. And certainly all of my early self-pleasure discovery was always silent. And even as a grown woman, I would still masturbate in the same way that I did as an early, I started masturbating quite young at eight. And I still had those childlike Mm. behaviors or fears in my self-pleasure practice as a 30-something year old. And I really Mm. had to look at that and give myself permission to move my body in different ways and touch myself in different ways and make sound in different ways. Mm. So the thing about our throat is it's actually a cervix. It's so similar to our cervix that's part of our sexual organs. And so we don't realize that we have these two sets of lips around our throat and we have two sets of lips around our genitals and we have these vocal cords. So I'll I'll share an image with you from Instagram and you can put it in the link in the show notes if you Thank like. Thank you, I will. And when you see the similarities, it will blow your mind. So we have this incredible link between our throat and our yoni. Mm. And the more that we open and the more that we express and the more that we allow the free flow of energy through our throat, it directly translates to more pleasure. <sighs> so now if I'm masturbating and I'm not making sound, I might not be able to get myself to the edge. And the single thing that I need to do in order to be able to climax is to make sound. And I think, wow. oh, Erin, you've just, what? Erin. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> make some sound. What are you doing, sound. sweetheart? Make we some don't noise. Need to do this anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and I have the freedom of living alone, so I don't have any of those concerns. But I recognize that our modern day life might not give us all that freedom, but it is really important Mm. to start to move energy through the throat. It doesn't have to be loud. It Mm. doesn't have to be wake the neighbors. It can, (laughs) and it's fabulous if it is, but just between you and your loved one in the privacy of the bedroom, we could speak at this volume and Mm. not wake the kids. You can moan at this volume and not wake the kids. You can say more, less, harder, stronger. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Me too, I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) It is fantastic. And it just, and as you said, it's moving the energy, that sexual life force, orgasmic energy. We're letting it move through our whole body and not just stay localized, you know. I love it. Love it, love it. And that, that energy, it does move up our channel. And we've all felt that feeling of being constricted in the throat or pushing something down. Mm. If we've got tears that are bursting up, we push them down. Mm. If we've got a lump in our throat because we're anxious about saying something, we push it down. We all can relate and say, oh, yeah, I've felt energy in my throat before. I felt the block in my throat before. Yeah. So now imagine the flip side of that and feel the pleasure in your throat. I've had throat orgasms that feel like these giant explosions, these waves of pleasure coming out of my throat chakra. Oh my word. It's 
it's hard to even imagine that there can be as much pleasure sensation in there as there can be anxiety or constriction in there. Mm. But we have to give ourselves permission. We have to find the courage to speak our truth. Yes, you really got me thinking there because like you say, you can feel that energy. You know when there's a word on the tip of your tongue that cannot, you know, you know how that feels. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. the equivalent but a pleasurable energy. Okay, yes. wow. That sounds nice. I throw yeah. orgasm. <laughs> Put it on my to-do yes. list. <laughs> yes. And even performing oral sex on a man or someone mm. with a penis, even if that's a toy, that's often seen as an act that can be one of giving that's mm-hmm. for someone else's pleasure mm-hmm. but there's actually a way of also doing that to take your pleasure to experience pleasure in the throat to enjoy the act of going down on a penis and that can really stimulate especially deep throating practices when these things are done with love and respect mm-hmm. and trust a lot of women hold trauma around the throat from having that taken from them from mm-hmm. someone yeah. forcing themselves upon them mm-hmm. in a non-consensual way or again this feeling of obligation or expectation and we haven't spoken up for ourselves, we haven't expressed that that's a no mm-hmm. and when that trauma exists around the throat too that also prevents us from experiencing that pleasure wow oh, i just heard my cat opening his so throat and I. to say hello oh. <laughs> oh is that dandelion your cat it's dandelion yes Aww. he's been sleeping all day hello mister We're in a oh, i'm glad he shared his voice thing. with us I have one last question that I would love for you to to answer if you can and it is around that of not speaking up what can you do if you're if something is happening in the moment right you've said yes you've consented maybe you've had a consent conversation but something happens and it maybe feels uncomfortable or you've changed your mind what can you do in that moment what would you advise well I think that the best way for us to be able to speak in those moments of heightened pressure is to actually practice these things in a different environment if we've never said those things before if we've never spoken up for ourselves to say this is a no for me or this is crossing my boundary or i'm at my edge to expect ourselves to do it in a moment of heightened pressure is highly unlikely we don't yet have the neural pathways for practicing this so it's like any other skill if you can sit down and just vocalize it out loud like I really encourage my clients to do it with their girlfriends and bring their girlfriends into this empowerment too and just do some role play of like let's negotiate a sexual experience let's negotiate a threesome hypothetically and then it gives them this opportunity to say actually I'm not comfortable with that I would like to experience this instead. And so the more that we can do that in a low pressure environment, the more our brain is equipped with the neural pathways for that high pressure environment. So if you have found yourself in that situation and you haven't spoken up, I'm getting goosebumps again. The most important thing is self-forgiveness. It's really to forgive ourselves for the ways that we might have let ourselves down Mm. for not speaking what we knew inside. Wow. That we're not to blame for that. We really aren't. It's There's so much cultural layers. We shared it slightly before we started recording about globally how many layers of damage have been done and still exist on the planet today that have prevented us from being in our full sexual empowerment. So if, if we haven't spoken up and if we have let ourselves down, forgive yourself first. And the more practice you get, the more empowered you'll do it mm. in the moment. And certainly 
preparing our lovers and our partners before we go into that environment is also really good. And we can also, again, on the other side of those sexual experiences is come back around and say, I need to share something with you. I didn't speak up in the moment. That was actually a no for me. That crossed wow. my boundary. Yes. Yeah. So like you say, take access those thoughts again in lower pressure times, yes. practice yes. it outside of the bedroom. Yes. This skill is transferable in all areas of our lives, like yes. you said. Thank you, Erin. Yeah. I think the self-forgiveness bit was really, that's, it's true because through that and through practicing and actually speaking up, we build up that self-trust and that enhances yes. our relationship with ourselves. Yes, Thank you. Exactly right. Thank My you pleasure. so much. Please could you let anybody know where can they find you? How can they work with you? If they want a little bit of juicy Erin in their lives, where should they yes, go? Yes, please come <laughs> get some juicy Erin. <laughs> so my surname, Kina, Erin Kina. I am the only Erin Kina in the world. My ex-wife and I actually chose that name together when we got married wow. back in 2006. So I feel very lucky that I'm easy to find online. <laughs> it's Erin Kina on Instagram, on Facebook, on my website, on my email wherever you go online and put in Erin Kiner and even on Spotify you'll find my podcast I have a podcast called Sex and Healing so yes. I do love to talk I love to use <laughs> this throat of mine to express <laughs> so Instagram is the place that I share most prolifically I love people coming to follow me on Instagram I really love sharing my life and what's happening in my work and my offerings and things via Instagram Wonderful. Thank you, Erin Kiner, the only one in the world. It was such a privilege <laughs> to talk with you today. And I'm looking forward you, to Lisa. staying and getting to know you much more. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, so what did you think of episode 15? I love it. Forgive yourself first and then practice, practice, practice. That is the best way to learn how to express yourself vocally in the bedroom. Something that we all need to do. I'm sure you'll agree that this was a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful that Erin shared her wisdom with us. And as Erin said, she is the only Erin Kiner in the world. I have posted the links in the show notes. You can check that out at inbedwithlisa.com forward slash 15 to find all of the links related to this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please go ahead and like, subscribe, share with your friends and tag me so that I can give you a shout out. Thanks again and I'll see you next week. This episode was sponsored by My Sexual Health, the ultimate online destination for evidence-based and shame-free sexual health education and services. They have a team of credible sexual health providers, a shop of curated sexual health products, sexology courses, and more. But what I want to tell you is the free webinar that they host every single month, focusing on a specific sexual health topic with experts from around the world answering the burning questions you're too shy to ask. Sign up for their free newsletter to learn more about these webinars at mysexualhealth.coza. The link is in the show notes. Would you like a sexy shot of inspiration and actionable tips to help you have more fun in bed in your inbox every single week? Then you'd better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free four-part video series called Unlock Your Pleasure. It's been known to get people experiencing off-the-charts pleasure, and mind-blowing orgasms. So get onto that. The link is in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.